What's up everybody? Welcome to another Raw and Uncut video where we talk about the Mets, Nets, and the Giants. Today's episode will be baseball driven. Um, I know there's no baseball going on. I get a sense, you, you kind of get a sense with everything going on that we might be getting some baseball pretty soon. I sure fucking hope so. Um, but Hopefully this video will be, uh, you know, something to hold you over, especially if you're in the National League East, because that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to go through all nine positions and pick out the best player at each position from the National League East. Uh, yes, I'm a Mets fan, if you haven't noticed, and no, every position won't be filled with Mets players, although they should be. But they're not going to. I'll be nice in this video and, uh, you know, try to mix it up a little bit. So let's get right into it. Let's start off. Let's go around the diamond. Let's go around the infield. We'll start off at catcher. When you when you look at Romuto, he's the total package. You got a guy who's good defensively. You got a guy who's good with the bat. Um, hits for average. Uh, and is a good base runner a very good base runner and it's very rare that you see that from a catcher and that's what really makes uh, JT stand out from a lot of catchers nowadays uh, it's that's a very you know that's like a three-tool catcher is equivalent to a five-tool player at any other position uh, when you have defense when you can hit and when you have base running ability the, like JT has, uh, that's very unique. Uh, you know, JT is a player that, you know, his home run, RBIs, runs, and walk totals uh, have gone up in each of the last five seasons. In 2019, he threw out a career high 47% of the runners. His defense really shouldn't be overlooked. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, he's won... Uh, the past two seasons, he's won a gold glove. He's a two-time silver slugger and has made the all-star game twice. Um, again, his base running and speed to go along with his power really puts him um, over the top around the league, much less you know this division that really doesn't have many good catchers. It, it just doesn't. I, he, it's runaway. Like JT Romuto is easily the best catcher in the National League East. Uh, all right, so let's move over to first base. First base, I feel like we have a little more competition. Um, look, what Pete Alonso did last year was fucking phenomenal as a rookie. All right, 53 home runs. Um, you know, he really. He really showed his potential. Uh, will we see that again from him? Probably not. But, you know, overall, yeah, the guy can hit home runs. I love Pete Alonso, but I want to see him work on that batting average. I want to see him bring down those strikeouts. Um, Pete Alonso, in five years, check back with me. He'll probably be, you know, the top first baseman in the league if he stays with the Mets as long as we don't fucking trade him and, you know, or he gets hurt because, you know, he fucking plays for the Mets. But, uh, you know, you got Eric Thames, you got uh, Jesus Aguilar, you got Reese Hoskins, you got Freddie Freeman. 
uh, although there is more competition in this in, in this position in the National League East. Remember, okay, we're just talking about the National League East here. Freddie Freeman is and has been the best first baseman. Uh, the guy's been in the league for 10 years, and he's been consistently putting up numbers. Uh, he's got great defense. Kind of like Romuto, you know, Freddie Freeman is is the top tier first baseman around the majors, okay? And again, there's just not very good first basemen uh, in this division. Uh, you know, Freeman, last year he had a fucking great season. And I, you know, I, I kind of went back and looked at some of his videos or uh, highlights. And he's got amazing opposite field power his numbers opposite field are like put him way over the top between these other first basemen in the division uh his aggressiveness at the plate 40% rate as as uh swinging at the first pitch um there's really not much uh flaw in Freddie Freeman's game and you know I'm going to say this about a few other positions as we go along but Freddie Freeman is really He's in a very um, good lineup that allows him to see pitches that he probably wouldn't see if he was, you know, the only uh, very good bat in the lineup. But Freddie Freeman has been doing it consistently for 10 seasons. And that's why I don't put Pete Alonso number one, um, because I need to see more, you know, one season, one rookie season is not doesn't do it for me. Uh, it's exciting as a Mets fan, but if I'm looking at the overall picture, uh, Freddie Freeman is the best first baseman in this division, and I think we can all agree with that. So, you know, if we look at Freddie Freeman's uh, 2019 numbers, there's a reason why he made Silver Slugger. Uh, 38 home runs, 121 RBIs, 34 doubles, 113 runs scored, 176 hits. Uh, he batted 295 with a 389 on base percentage. Those are those are MVP caliber numbers. He was in the top 10 in MVP in 2019. Um, those are very good numbers. Uh, I mean, again, runaway at first base. Freddie Freeman is the best first baseman in the National League East. All right, so we move over to second base. Um, here now, now we, we're kind of seeing, you know, a little more tighter competition, right? You got Ozzy Albies from uh, the Braves, Cano from the Mets, Kingery from the Phillies, Starlin Castro playing with the Nationals this season, and um, I guess you pronounce it Isan Diaz from, from, the, from the Marlins. Um, I remember him pretty clearly because he fucking hit a home run. Uh, he was a rookie last season, and he hit his first Major League home run against the Mets at City Field. I remember that fucking game. It's like these players always do it against the Mets. It's pretty fucking annoying. But it's uh, the life of a Mets fan. So, obviously, Cano is the experienced second baseman here. Um, Starlin Castro. This fucking guy has been in the league for, uh, he, for 10 seasons. He's only 30 years old. But when I looked at his stats... He plays damn near all 162. His 10-year average, 178 hits, 15 home runs, 70 RBIs, a 280 batting average, and he's a four-time All-Star. He's coming off of a 22 home run season, 86 RBI season, 
uh, with the Marlins. He shouldn't be overlooked. He's still young enough. Uh, he's got tons of experience. Uh, that was a very good pickup by the Nationals, by the way. I thought he was still with the Marlins. You know, he played with, uh, he started off with the Cubs. He played a little bit with the Yankees. Um, Sterling Castro is a serviceable second baseman with experience and consistency. And he plays all the damn time. Um, so, good merits for Starlin Castro, but I don't think he's the best second baseman here. Uh, you Again, I'll go back to Cano. You can make a case for Cano. He's 36 years old. Uh, I think he's off the PEDs finally. You know, he, he was, you know, had injuries last year with his first season with the Mets in 2019. Um... Can he hit 20 home runs again? Can he, uh, you know, yeah, he probably can, but I don't think that makes him the best second baseman in this National League East. Uh, Ozzy Albus is the best second baseman. He's he's um, he's only 22 years old, and he really has the chance to be the best second baseman in the National League East for the next few years. This guy is not a free agent until 2024. Um Albie's led all second basemen in the division pretty much in every offensive category. He's first uh, in fielding percentage and double plays turned at second base. He can, uh, you know, he, again, kind of what I said about Freddie Freeman, he's in a really uh, convenient lineup, right? This, this lineup is filled with a lot of good bats. If you look at it, one through four, one through five, um, and he's like, and he's just in the middle of all that. Uh, he's improved his walk rate and reduced his strikeout rate, which for a 22-year-old is uh, pretty refreshing to see. You know, young hitter like that uh, playing, and I think this is his second season, right, or going into his third, is uh, you know, you it, it's rare to see. So, but again, I think being in a lineup like the Braves have. He can afford to be a little more patient, right? So he's going to be that, you know, 18 to 24, 25 home run guy a season, I think, for the next the next few years. When, 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 again, when we, go in, when we go around the National League East, I think it's pretty safe to say that Ozzy Albus is, uh, is the best second baseman in the division. So, all right, so we go to uh, third base around the National League East. Uh, and Anthony Rendon is no longer there, so um, you know he was kind of like the uh, you know the top tier sole guy at the hot corner in the National League East. He's no longer there, uh, so it's kind of wide open now. There's really not a clear cut uh, top third baseman in the National League, National League East. I feel like. Uh, you got McNeil, you got Kiboom, Kaiboom, however the fuck you pronounce his name from the Nationals, uh, Carmago, who I thought, Carmago I thought was going to really take a next step, becoming kind of one of the better third basemen, uh, but he didn't quite do that in 2019. Uh, he plays for the Braves, you got Brian Anderson for the Marlins, and Segura uh, for the Phillies. Man, there's really not... A clear-cut favorite 
Um, but here's, I guess, where I'm going to go. Well, it's, I don't think it's being biased. I mean, if you look at the numbers, uh, McNeil only being uh, in the majors a season and a half. He only played 62 games in 2018. He played 133 in 2019. And, you know... He he moves around the field a lot, so really he he plays fucking all over. I think the only thing he doesn't do is pitch and catch. He hit three twenty nine in only sixty two games in two thousand eighteen. He hit three eighteen in one hundred and thirty three games in two thousand nineteen. His on base percentage was around three eighty. He made the All Star team last year. Um, you know he hit twenty three home runs, seventy five RBIs, an OPS of nine sixteen. Uh, he's only committed one error in 43 chances at third base. He's, uh, he's actually the top, he's actually the Mets top player in defensive run saved and, you know, the hot corner, man. I remember playing third base. Um, I used to be scared playing third base because I felt like the ball got to to, to third base so much faster off the bat, right? Like shortstop, they play a little back. Uh, first base seemed like a longer way. Second base, right? They play a little deeper in the infield. I just felt like third base, you know, and, and that's why they call it the hot corner. It's just, I felt the ball come off the bats in Little League were going to fucking destroy me, hit me in the forehead, um bust open a nail, <laughs> you know, playing playing the hot corner is, uh, you got to be ready, you got to be ready, it's an awesome position, I fucking love it, if I could go back and do it again, um, you know, I would definitely uh, stick with baseball, and, you know, I thought I was a pretty good defensive third base, I just couldn't hit worth the shit, but third baseman, trust me, there's a reason why they call it the hot corner, uh, you better be ready at all times. But yeah, I mean, when we look at these players, again, National League East only, uh, when we look at these five third basemen, I, I mean, I think McNeil is is the better one. I'm not, I'm not going to say he's the best, but uh, McNeil's ability to get on base, see a lot of pitches, uh, makes him stand out, I think, a little more than, than the other four. Um, and again, you know, the proof is in the numbers. When you compare all five of them, uh, McNeil's numbers, you know, they stand out a little more. So, uh, no bias here, okay? So don't give me no shit in the comment section. Jeff McNeil, the best third baseman in the National League East. All right, so let's move over to shortstop. You know, this is a really funny position because you got experience, you got potential, um, but what I feel that you don't have is defense like I don't so these are the five starting shortstops in the National League right you got Trey Turner Dancy Swanson uh Ahmed Rosario Gregorius and Miguel Rojas who plays for the Marlins Swanson let's start with him 48 errors in four seasons Trey Turner 34 errors in five seasons Rosario 39 errors in three seasons Gregorius, 67 errors in eight seasons. Their defense is not um, its not that great to me, I feel like. Uh, you know, we, we've, seen, we've seen all of them make great plays at shortstop, but 
when you really look at the numbers, right, it's like, well, what the fuck? Fucking Turner's averaging eight errors a season. Uh, you know, same with uh, Gregorius. Fucking Swanson, 12 errors a season. Rosario, 13. It kind of seems like a lot to me. I could be just maybe a hard critic. I don't know. But Gregorius is the most experienced shortstop in the NL East, but I don't think he's the best shortstop. Um, this position really is filled with some good offense. Um, you know, if we look at Trey Turner's numbers, uh, he's got great speed on the bases. He led the majors in stolen bases in 2018. Uh, his power numbers have gotten better. Um, you know, in 2019, I think his numbers would have been even better if he didn't miss 40 games. He's only 27 years old. Um, the past two seasons, he's got 25 errors. See, that, that seems like a lot. 12 errors. I, I don't know what the average is, but I figure if it's anywhere, you know, double digits or more, 11 or more, 10 or more, uh, I feel like it's a lot in a season. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, you know, the shortstop this, around this division, I think it's pretty deep. I don't know much about Miguel Rojas. Um, I think he just came up. I think, you know, he's got one or two years under his belt, but... You know, Rosario's really the guy that sticks out to me. I think there's a lot of potential with this guy. I, I really see him taking the next step. Obviously, his defense needs to improve. But I've watched plenty of fucking New York Mets game. And his, uh, his opposite field power for a shortstop is, is pretty eye-popping. I think he can, he can build off of that. Um, you know... I think he can stay consistent and be a 300 hitter. Uh, he had a really good second half last season. But if I look at the overall picture, I take into account, you know, all all of their seasons and all that. Um, again, Gregorius is the most experienced shortstop here. But I think Trey Turner uh, is the best shortstop in the National League East. And... I'm really curious to see now with uh, Anthony Rendon gone, how the teams approach him and what's his approach going to be like um, in that lineup. You know, he's protected also. He's he's in he's in there with uh, Juan Soto, who who's another good young hitter. So although he lost Rendon in that lineup, he's still protected by Soto. Uh, you know, not by much. I really like Didi Gregorius. I think what he brings to the Phillies and just overall, you know, he, he what he brought to the Yankees, um, he's a pretty good shortstop. I, I'm not even going to front. He's a pretty good shortstop. Um, but maybe I lean Turner because he's, he's a little younger. Um, I'm not sure. This is kind of a toss-up to me. I don't know. Let me know who, who you think. Out of Trey Turner, Dancy Swanson, Ahmed Rosario, Didi Gregorius, and Miguel Rojas from the Marlins. Um, I'm going to go with Trey Turner. Let me know who your favorite shortstop or who you think the best shortstop is uh, in the National League East. Move on to left field where uh, we just talked about Juan Soto. You got J.D. Davis. You got Andrew McCutcheon. You got Corey Dickerson. And you got Marcel Ozuna. Ozuna just came over from the Cardinals to the Braves. That is a fucking huge pickup for the Braves. But his batting average took a hit last season. It dropped by 39 points. Uh, 
So, you know, again, he's another one that's going to benefit from that Braves lineup, you know. He's going to be put he's going to be put somewhere in the, you know, 5, 6 hole, the 2 hole, um and he's going to benefit. So, you know, he's going to see some good numbers. He's going to be a little aggressive. Uh and that's, you know, and that's what's going to hurt his batting average, but his home runs and his RBIs and doubles and all that shit will be uh, you know, will be looking good. Uh, you know, Corey Dickerson, whatever. McCutcheon, I really don't expect much from him. Uh, I think he'll be good for that Phillies team. But as far as, uh, you know, declaring him the best left fielder in the division, I don't think so. Um, he can still play. Don't get me wrong. As long as he stays healthy, he had injuries issues in 2019. I think we'll see a healthy McCutcheon, uh, especially with his extra time off. Uh, J.D. Davis... I like J.D. Davis, obviously, he plays for the Mets, um, but I don't think he's the best left fielder here. I think it's, I think it's the youngin, man. I think it's, you know, there's a lot of fucking young players in this division that have uh, really promising careers, uh, that have a chance to make it all the way to the World Series, and Juan Soto did that in 2019. He had a really good um a really good World Series, a good playoff run. He had timely hitting all season long. It went into the playoffs. Uh, he had 63 at bats in 2019 when the game was late and close. Hit 30, uh, hit 349 with six home runs and 21 runs in those 63 at bats. Uh, 58 two out hits in 2019. He led this group in this category. Uh, first in fielding percentage among all left fielders in the majors. Um, you know, and this is where, this is where, uh, you know, you see the difference, difference between Soto and Ozuna. Soto hit, uh, into double plays 9% of the time while Ozuna hit them, uh, 18% of the time. And, um, you know, he, Juan Soto is so young. Uh, you see the power. I think he's, he's another one like Albies at second base where he's got untapped potential uh, he's still so raw. I mean, he's fucking only 20 years old. Really amazing. He it, I, he doesn't look like he's afraid of the big moment. And um, I think this easily puts Juan Soto as the best left fielder in the National League East. You can really see the separation. Uh, if I had to rank him, I would put J.D. Davis second, McCutcheon third. But they're pretty much a distant first. Um, you know, you you kind of see a trend here, uh, or at least my my opinion. Uh, you know, the Nationals and the Braves really have uh, a good core of young players, exciting players to watch, players with uh, really a mixed tools. It's not all or nothing players. You, see, it's players with power, speed, um, defense. Yeah, Juan Soto, best left fielder in the National League East. I don't think there's any debate about that. So let's move over to center field where uh, I guess there is a little bit of a debate or not really or lack of because there's really, you know, you got Victor Robles, Ender Enciarte, Lewis Brinson, Brandon Nemo, and Adam Hazley. This is not a very deep uh, position in the National League East. 
So I really had to like look at the numbers and not only the eye test because you know Victor Robles is is actually easily the, the top center fielder in uh, the National League East. He had the fifth best uh, OPS in the majors among center fielders last season. He batted 300 with uh, runners in scoring position and two outs in 2019. 28 stolen bases. Uh, where Brinson, Enciarte, Nemo, and Hazley only combined for 15 stolen bases. So you see, um, Robles is a uh, Robles is a runner. He uh, he gets on base and he's gonna he's gonna take advantage of uh, you know the opportunity to steal a base. There's a lot of potential with him. I don't know if we'll if we'll see that potential uh, equal to production. It's really not a juicy position. Um, there's just it's just not very deep. What can you say? All right, so now we move over to right field, and um, here you got Adam Eaton, you got uh, Acuna Jr., you got Brian Anderson, you got Michael Conforto, and you got Bryce Harper. Look, right field is a two-horse race, no doubt. Uh, if you don't have Harper and Acuna here ranked one and two, two and one, however you want to rank them. It doesn't matter, but when we start breaking it down, Acuna and Harper are the top two fucking right fielders in the National League East. And the way Acuna Jr. is going, he's you know he's gonna be a you know top five right fielder, top five player in all of baseball, pretty damn soon if he's not already. All right, but again, we're sticking with the National League East. It's Harper and Acuna. Um, and to me, Acuna is the best right fielder in the division. In, in the division, his ability to hit for power and average at 21 is pretty damn incredible. Uh, Harper doesn't hit for average. His average is pretty poor, in my opinion. And at times, I feel like he's all or nothing. Um, he's a really exciting player to watch. I'm sure his, you know, he brings energy and excitement to the team, to the fans, to the ballpark, home and away. Um, but I just feel like it's all or nothing. He had 458 swing and misses in 2019. The second highest, 399. That's a big disparity. That, that's, what, that's what makes me say he's all or nothing. Uh, look, don't get me wrong. Sometimes you need that fucking clutch home run, right? In, in the bottom of the eighth, in the bottom of the ninth. But you don't need it early in the game. Sometimes you just want to put the ball in play and keep the train moving, right? But... I don't, I don't sense that with with Bryce Harper at times, and his batting average shows it's not, it's not that great. The the batting average really, um, really does it for me. Uh, I take offense to that. So you know, Acuna hit 41 home runs, drove in 101 RBIs in 2019, led in runs scored with 127 and 37 stolen bases, made the All Star team. Remember. He's just 21 fucking years old. He's the first player in Major League history to post at least 50 home runs and 50 stolen bases in his first two MLB seasons. The guy signed a $100 million contract with less than a year of Major League Baseball service time. That right there, my friend, should tell you something. He was three stolen bases shy of a 40-40 season. He's going for that 50-50, I feel. I think he's going to go for the 50-50 season, uh, but not in 2020 because that would be fucking damn near impossible. But 
the following season in 2021, I could, you know, he's going to be a little stronger. He's going to be older. Again, he, again, another Braves player who benefits in that very good top of the order. But this guy is going to go for 50-50. He's going to come close. 45-45. He's going to hit 40-40. I would not be surprised to see Acuna 50 home runs, 50 stolen bases in a season. But yeah, Acuna, best right fielder in the National League East. All right, so we come down to the final position, uh, pitcher. Uh, you know, this division was, um, you know, when, when you talk about pitching a few years ago, right, in 2014, 2015, you know, the Mets were really supposed to have this great fucking rotation. It didn't quite pan out that way. Um Max Scherzer has been in the division in in the National League East with the Nationals for a handful of years now, and I think it's safe to say that he's been the uh, the best pitcher in the division, probably all of baseball. Um, but I'm gonna be a little fucking biased here and say what you want about the win loss record. I don't give a fuck. The past two seasons, uh, Jacob Degrom has been the best fucking pitcher in the division and baseball. And those Cy Youngs don't fucking lie because if you're going to sit there and tell me that win-loss records matter, uh, they do matter. But for a pitcher, they don't mean as much because if your team, your offense cannot score more than fucking three runs a game, one run a game, two runs a game uh, every time you start, then you shouldn't be uh, penalized for your record. Over the last four seasons, the Cy Youngs have come from this division back-to-back by Scherzer, and then back-to-back the last two seasons by DeGrom. Um, look, Scherzer's a great pitcher, man. Look, and don't discount Strasburg either. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, potential coming into the league. I think he's lived up to it, uh, especially last season in the World Series. I thought he was going to be the pitcher that would take him, take the team to, to, to victory, he pitched very well in the playoffs. Uh, definitely part of the top three. You got other good pitchers in this division. Aaron Nola. Uh, I'm not going to fucking try to pronounce this fucking Braves pitcher. Mike, we'll just, go, we'll just call him Mikey F. Uh, Mike Soroka. But DeGrom, what he's done these past two seasons is really, is fucking amazing, man. I mean, he's been the most dominant pitcher in baseball Call me a homer. I don't give a fuck. If you're not watching these games, uh, then you have no idea what you're talking about. Um, you can't go wrong with either. But, you know, Scherzer has a knack for giving up that home run. I've watched some of the Nationals games, and he could be pitching a really good, scoreless, six innings, you know, giving up one walk. But he'll give up that one clutch home run. Uh, late in the game that will either tie the game or, you know, give the other team the lead. And, you know, if we if we look at the, if we look at, what, like the past two seasons, DeGrom has given up 29 home runs, Scherzer has given up 41, Nola 44, and Strasburg 42, all right? So that right there should tell you a little something of what I'm talking about. Is he going to be better in, in 2020? Uh, or 2021. I don't even know. If, I don't even know if I want to count 220, but 2020. But is he going to be better going forward? His numbers probably won't. But 
I mean, the guy's only fucking, what, 29, 30 years old? He's still young enough. He's got, you know, Scherz is 34, and he's pitching really good. So, I, you know, I can see DeGrom uh, having another good two to three years. The, the point of a pitcher is to not give up runs. And if a 1.70 ERA doesn't tell you that this pitcher wasn't not giving up runs, then I don't know what the fuck does, okay? So... Uh, he's been the best pitcher, hands down. I'm not going to say anymore. And that's it. I was going to do relievers. I don't know much about the... I'm, I'm not going to be digging into relievers. I know uh, I know the Braves have a really deep uh, bullpen uh, with... Uh, I don't even know how to pronounce that fucking guy's name. Melanson? Melonkon? Whatever the fuck. Um, they picked up Will Smith from the Giants. Um, Braves have a pretty good... Bullpen overall, I think the Mets beefed up their bullpen quite a bit. Edwin Diaz um, is, uh, you know, don't let one season fool you. I think what he's done prior to that, you know, should be taken into consideration. Um, I think he was pressing a lot last season and, you know, he still got pretty fucking filthy stuff. He still notched 26 saves in 2019. His ERA was fucking skyrocket high in the fives. But I think we're only going to see... Well, I hope we see the ERA go down from here. But I think we'll see Edwin Diaz, uh, you know, be himself a little more. So don't let uh, 2019 fool you with him. I think we got some good closers here. The Nationals got some good, uh, you know, a pretty decent bullpen. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this video. Uh, again, don't fucking kill me, don't shoot the messenger, don't send out a hit for me, these are just my opinions, what I see, what my eyes see, what the numbers say, um, and if, uh, yeah, if you see me, you know, going back and forth, I'm looking at, you know, the stuff that I have, uh, you know, jotted down, I'm a pen and pad guy, um, you know, I like to spit out some facts here and there, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this video, let me know, uh, if you guys agree with some of these, who your best, uh, you know, players are in the National League East. Let me know who you're a fan of. I don't need to tell you who I'm a fan of. Um, you should already know that just by uh, looking at this fucking video. So, until the next video, keep it raw and uncut.